Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yes, Petersburg. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. Another rough start for James Paxton as he and the Yankees renewed their rivalry against the Red Sox. He gave up an, a first-run home run to J.D. Martinez as Boston grabbed an early 2-0 lead. Paxton's given up 11 homers in 19 first innings this season, has an 11-3-7 ERA before getting three outs. On Friday night, Paxton did buckle down after that Martinez blast. He gave up two runs, two hits, six strikeouts, three walks in six. And skipper Aaron Boone's Yankees doubled up the Red Sox 4-2. I mean, you know, we kind of settled down a little bit here, obviously, in the rotation the last several days um, after that stretch. So just it's good to see another guy go out there and really uh, pitch aggressively, pitch like, you know, they're capable of, and, and packs absolutely set the tone for us. Boston's lost five straight for the first time since 2015. Series continues today, 1230 Eastern ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Astros belted six home runs in a 10-2 route of the Mariners. Cody Bellinger became the fastest Dodger to reach 100 home runs. He's the fourth player ever with 100-plus homers and 200-plus walks in his first three seasons, joining Ralph Kiner, Eddie Matthews, and Albert Pujols. Bellinger and the Dodgers, though, did fall to the Padres 5-2. Indians got past the Angels 7-3. In that loss, Mike Trout hit his 36th homer of the season. Trout's tied with Bellinger and Milwaukee's Christian Yelich for the Major League lead in homers. The Pro Football Hall of Fame tonight will induct its eight newest members in Canton, Ohio, including three first ballot members, Camp Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, and Ed Reed. Last weekend, the Red Sox took three of four from the Yankees. This weekend, they go head-to-head again. Coverage begins today at 1230 Eastern and tomorrow at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Presented by Indeed. The call to post means it's time for Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. We're talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from Virginia, around the Mid-Atlantic, and across the country. Off to the Races is powered by the Racing Biz, the independent voice for Mid-Atlantic racing and breeding. Find them at www.theracingbiz.com. Now here's your host with Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. Hey, good morning, everybody, and a happy Saturday to you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your Saturday morning with us here on Off to the Races. My name's Frank Vespi. We're going to be talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from, well, really just about everywhere during our upcoming 60 minutes here on Off to the Races, Saratoga, Virginia, here, there, and everywhere. A little bit of handicapping, a little bit of interviews, whole bunch of things to do here on Off to the Races, and we appreciate your spending some time with us on a Saturday morning. We got a fun show on tap today. We'll be talking with the Virginia Racing Commissioner. We'll get a live check-in from Saratoga on Whitney Day. We'll do some handicapping with Derby Bill, and we'll look ahead to the upcoming opening of Colonial Downs just five days away. So lots and lots of stuff to do. Off to the Races is powered by The Racing Biz. Check us out online, www.theracingbiz.com. You can get our free mobile app, which works on Apple and Android devices when you come visit. You can also find us on social media. We're all over the social web, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Flickr. You can find us at The Racing Biz, and we're always happy to hear from folks on social media. We are at The Racing Biz. Today's episode of Off to the Races is presented by our friends at the Virginia Thoroughbred Association and the Virginia Equine Alliance. They are helping to make Virginia racing history. You can check them out online at www.virginiahorseracing.com. Our good friends at the VTA 
and the VEA. Before we get to all the stuff we got to do on today's show, let's take a quick look back at the week that was in last week's biggest race took place at the spa, Saratoga. That's something we're going to be saying quite a bit over the next few weeks, like including today. But last week, it was the grade one Vanderbilt handicap, and it went for the second consecutive year to Imperial Hint. Imperial Hint comes into the final furlong, and he has opened up to a five-length lead. Oh, he's back! Imperial Hint's going to win the Vanderbilt again. Oh, he won it by four and a half lengths, and he broke the track record. 107.92 by Imperial Hint. That's a very excited Larry Colmas on the call from Saratoga. Under jockey Javier Castellano, Imperial Hint, a 5-1 to one outsider in his first start since March, stalked the early pace in a perfect spot in third, then simply ran past his rivals, including the 1-2 to two favorite Matoli, to win going away by four lanes. Imperial Hint got the six furlongs, as you just heard, over a fast main track in a Saratoga record of 107.92. It was his 13th win in 22 career starts, pushed his earnings past the $2 million mark. He's a son of imperialism who's trained by Louis Carvajal Jr. for Raymond Mamone. Imperial Hint's a six-year-old. He's won six graded stakes, the first of which, interestingly enough, came right here in the Mid-Atlantic region. That was the grade three General George a couple years back. He's also been second and third in the last two editions of the Breeders' Cup Sprint, so it's Imperial Hint getting the money in the grade one Vanderbilt. Speaking of Saratoga, one of the big events of the season in the Spa City took place yesterday. That was the induction of the 2019 Racing Hall of Fame class. One of those inductees was jockey Craig Perrette, who'd waited a long time to get in. He won the 1990 Kentucky Derby aboard Unbridled. That's most famous for uh, trainer Carl Nofsker calling the race for owner, uh, the aged owner, Francis Ganter, and uh, kissing her at the end and saying, you're a Kentucky Derby winner, Mrs. Ganter. Anyway, here's what Craig Perrette had to say about winning his first Kentucky Derby and the aftermath. My goal has been reached for me, my Derby. I said, you know, I don't need nothing from this game no more. I mean, it's most horsemen and people, you're... That's what you dream of, Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's what everybody knows and loves. And when I did create that and wound up winning a Derby, I was grateful enough that I didn't need nothing else. Well, another thing come along. I finally got off the also eligible, and look where I'm at now. Perrette finally off the also eligible list and into the Hall of Fame. He won more than 4,400 races in a career that began in 1967, lasted until 2005. He won the 1990 Kentucky Derby, as I mentioned, aboard Unbridled. He also won the 87 Belmont with Bet Twice. He won four Breeders' Cup races and bringing it back to the Mid-Atlantic, one of those was the 1990 Sprint, which he won aboard the great Maryland-bred Hall of Fame... Uh, great Maryland bred Philly safely kept who also is already in the Hall of Fame which Perrette just entered so Craig Perrette heads the class into the Hall of Fame joined by three horses who were also inducted those include three-time Eclipse winner Royal Delta the terrific sprinting Philly My Juliet and Weya the great turf runner who is the champion older mayor of 1979 they were joined by a bevy of pillars of the turf. One of those, a special note for Virginians, that was Chris Chenery of Meadow Stable, who bred, uh, Meadow Stable, of course, bred and raced Reva Ridge and the great Secretariat. You can get the full list of the new Hall of Fame inductees at the Hall of Fame website. That's racingmuseum.org for the new Hall of Fame class that went in yesterday. We are up against our first break here on Off to the Races. Got a great show lined up later on. Derby Bill, Nick Hahn going to join us, do some handicapping. At the bottom of the hour, Virginia Racing Commissioner Stephanie Nixon will be here uh, to uh, talk about the opening of the new Colonial Downs. But up next, straight from Saratoga, our correspondent, Teresa Gennaro, joins us. You're listening to Off to the Races. We're coming right back.
You'd be surprised how many people are doing it. What is he doing? What are you doing? Check out the podcasts of your favorite shows and hosts and listen whenever and wherever you want by downloading the ESPN Richmond app. And I just hope you know what you're doing. Or online at ESPNRichmond.com. 20 ribeyes, $30. Look for the Big Top Tent and the Big Truck at Chesterfield Town Center. Strips, fillets, T-bones, chicken breast, seafood, everything will be sold today. The Richmond real estate market is competitive and fast-paced, and the mortgage process can be overwhelming. That's why it's important to have a local lender on your side. Abby Allen and Kenny Fryman with Town First Mortgage are your local experts. Located in Glen Allen, they're easily accessible to all homebuyers in Central Virginia. Call Abby Allen at 804-517-0592 or Kenny Fryman at 804-263-5054. Town First Mortgage, NMLS 1609478. He's an equal housing lender. Join us all summer long for action-packed weekends of racing at Laurel Park Thursday through Sunday. Grab a bite in one of our recently renovated restaurants or step outside to get in on all the action from the post parade to the finish line. See you out on the track post time 1.10 p.m. at Laurel Park. Learn more at laurelpark.com. It's about that time for the kids to go back to school. And ESPN Richmond needs your help in making sure that deserving children in RVA return to school this fall with all the essentials they need to have a successful year. Please join us tax-free weekend, August 2nd through 4th at the Walmart on Sheila Lane as we collect school supplies from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Log on to ESPNRichmond.com for more info. Your radio home for Baltimore Orioles baseball all season. This is Trey Mancini, and you're listening to 99.5 and 102.7. The summer wind blowing in. Not normally on the Matt Joseph's playlist here, but nice job, Matt. Little chairman of the board. Always enjoy that. Welcome back to Off to the Races, everybody. Frank Vespi here, and on the other end of the line, straight from Saratoga, Teresa Gennaro joins us. Teresa, welcome. Good morning, Frank. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Terrific. Gorgeous morning here. Had a little, little tiny spot of rain a few minutes ago, but right now it's beautiful. You know, I was going to ask you about the weather because I, I have been at Saratoga when it's been like 130 degrees. I've been at Saratoga when it's been like 40. And I've been at Saratoga when it's been rain and hail. And I've all those during August. It's kind of unbelievable yeah. the weather you can get up there. So it's nice that you have a good day. Yes, we've had a really nice week. The beginning of the meet was a little rocky, but this week has been really, really delightful. Well, why don't we start here? Why don't you, for our listeners who may well not have heard this yet, why don't you break the big news from Saratoga regarding the Whitney today? Yeah, huge bummer that uh, Thunder Snow is not going to run. Um, uh, his trainer said he'd been sore, said he was coughing a little bit when he uh, this morning took him back to the stall, and the horse has a bit of a fever, so he's not going to run. Just just you know, hugely disappointing for everybody. But and Thunder Snow is such a neat horse, and uh, I was really looking forward to seeing him run. So that's that's kind of a bummer. I'm sure that the uh, the connections of the other horses in the race are not quite as disappointed, but I am. Yeah, you know, I, people love Thunder Snow, and I I just didn't even realize it. I mean, I you know he, he's he's won the obviously the Dubai World Cup twice, and I look at his his past performances today. The horse has won sixteen million dollars. That's a crazy amount of money. He was three to one on the morning line too, so that was a pretty big change in the com, excuse me complexion of the Whitney. What I one of the you know, one of the reasons that he endeared himself to me was his run on the Kentucky Derby. I remember. Uh, sitting watching it on TV with a friend of mine and we're like, oh my God, who is that horse at the back who looks like it's breaking down? But it wasn't. It was Thunder Snow just kind of deciding he didn't want to run and doing a little bit of a bucking bronco routine. And so I've always had <laughs> kind of a soft spot because he's come back, as you said, to do such incredible things. Um, you know, he's just a serious racehorse. Yeah, a very serious racehorse. And that was a... a Certainly a hilarious uh, Kentucky Derby moment to see him just sort of, as you said, doing the buck, bucking Bronco routine in the back. Um, Teresa, let's um, turn our attention. It is the day of the Whitney. Obviously, the passing of Mary Lou Whitney has been one of the big stories that's come out of Saratoga this year. How has that, how has that been felt in Saratoga thus far during the meet? 
you you really can't go anywhere without talking about it. Um, and part of that is because she passed away in what would have been opening day of the track had they not had the early opening this year. Um, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday, which we, of course, all knew was happening. That was announced last spring. And she passed away, you know, just a couple of weeks before the Whitney. So there have just been these constant reminders of her um, and feeling her loss really keenly. And, and just really everybody from backstretch workers to staff to the well-heeled, everybody's just, you know, she had a really good run and an amazing life. She was 93 years old. Uh, and as, as her husband, John Hendrickson, said when he accepted her induction yesterday, um, he said, you know, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And, you know, she was 93 and she had a good run. Uh, so it's not exactly a tragedy, but she was such a part of the fabric of both this track and this town that it's, it's just a little weird without her. Talking with Teresa Gennaro from Saratoga. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. The the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is always one of the really nice events. I've I've been a couple times. I had the particular good fortune to be there as a Maryland guy when King Leatherberry and Extra Heat went in in the same year, which was very, very cool. Um, but talk a little bit about uh, some neat stuff at yesterday's. Hall of Fame induction. We played the clip from Craig Perrette's induction speech, which I think a lot of people felt was overdue. And of course, you mentioned uh, Mary Lou Whitney's induction. Talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame, the ceremony yesterday. Well, you know, your Mid-Atlantic guy, Tony Black, really stole the show. Uh, he <laughs> inducted uh, the terrific champion race mayor, My Juliet grab the mic. Uh, you know, I don't think his riding career is ever going to end, but in the unlikely event that it does, he has a career as a broadcaster of some sort. He told funny stories. He was emotional about her. Um, really just terrific. So it ease made people laugh, moved them. Um, he was amazing. If you get a chance to watch a clip of that and the entire ceremony is on YouTube, um, do. He's, he was just amazing. Talked so lovingly about her. Yeah, Tony Black, is uh, he's quite the character. A couple of years ago, he won a race at Laurel and did kind of a flying dismount afterwards. So he uh, he remains a character. I believe he's 67, right? And still riding. Yeah, his he'll be 68 in early September. I, I checked the date when I was writing my recaps of the, of the ceremony yesterday. And from what I could tell, he last rode on July 22nd at Parks. <laughs> We all should be in that shape when we're 67, about to be 68, shouldn't we? Amen to that. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned, the, the early opening this year, Saratoga extended a couple of weeks, same number of actual racing days, but spread out over two more weeks to accommodate uh, construction on the Belmont Park site. How has that affected the meet thus far, Teresa? It was really quiet early on. Um, as as you know, I grew up here, so I spend a lot of time in Saratoga. And I really have to say, for the first week or so, restaurants weren't full, downtown wasn't crowded. You kind of the track wasn't crowded. You know, you walked in and didn't really, you know, you kind of had your pick of where you wanted to hang out. Um, I think within the last week, that's changed. Traditionally, you know, the August place to be back when we only raced during the month of August. I think that in a lot of people's minds, that's still the case. And it's really when the calendar turns to August that things began to pick up a bit. And definitely yesterday, like people are in town for the sales and there are a lot of industry meetings. So the buzz is, the buzz is definitely back, but it was pretty quiet early on. So what are, are you hearing rumblings? I mean, I, you know, there's been sort of the rumor that this would be, that they would do this and they would say, oh, well, you know, this is, this worked out so well, we're just going to leave the opening here. Are you hearing anything about what the future is going to look like for this meet? Nothing official. Um, I think there is definitely a sense that, you know, there's no going back, but they haven't even begun um, the construction at Belmont yet. So, you know, who knows what that will mean um, when that when the shovels actually get in the ground there and what that will do to the availability of Belmont Park. So uh, stay tuned on that. <laughs> uh, 
uh, when you're waiting on construction schedules, it could be a while. So yeah. uh, talking with Teresa Gennaro from Saratoga. Teresa, you got a huge card today, obviously. You got the Whitney, you got the test. Uh, anything, what are you particularly looking forward to seeing on today's card? Well, I want to just kind of backtrack a little bit to yeah. yesterday uh, for another Mid-Atlanta connection when Concrete Rose uh, won the $750,000 inaugural Saratoga Oaks. That was the second leg of the female turf series that Naira started this year. The first race was down at Belmont, uh, and the last one will be at Belmont in early September. Um, she has now earned a phenomenal amount of money. I mean, it's got to be close to a million, uh, if not over. And uh, she sold as a two-year-old at the Timoni- at the Timonium sale for um, $61,000 last year. Uh, Broker Maiden up here at Saratoga last year uh, for trainer Rusty Arnold and Ashbrook Farm. After that, they brought in some partners, BBN Racing, and she's just been, you know, phenomenal filly. And I don't know if you had a chance to see the race yesterday. $750,000 race. They get five horses for it, which, you know, the mind boggles at that. Um, And she just walked out on the lead and opened up when she, you know, came into the stretch. Uh, it was great performance, and she's a, a really special filly and uh, came out of the Maryland sale. Well, that certainly makes our good friends at uh, at Fasic Tipton happy out of the Fasic Tipton two-year-old sale. She's a, kind of an interesting history with this horse. She was... Uh, uh, you know, she was uh, RNA'd for 19000 in a mixed sale. Then she sold as a yearling for twenty. They pinhooked her, got sixty-one, and now she's earned a million two, um, which is a pretty nice return on investment for the folks who bought her to race her. Interestingly enough, I, I, I have not seen the race, I confess. I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter about it, with people grousing that they let the favorite get an easy lead, and you pretty much knew what was going to happen after that but um did not see the race but so a lot of fun with that horse what what about today what are you looking forward to today um i mean i think just you know it's a fun card of races you got to we have a bunch of two-year-old races um those are always fun to see here at saratoga and in fact you know concrete rose is one of the horses that broker maiden up here last year uh and it's so it's always nice to look at the horses casa creed also who won uh the hall of fame stakes yesterday he broke his maiden up here yesterday also um and so you just kind of look forward to that um and frank i just have to tell you i'm multitasking right now because i'm driving nick zito back to his barn in a golf cart and uh my way is kind of blocked here um so uh i'm gonna just try to multitask and talk for a second here as I get somebody to move a car. Um, yeah, <laughs> This sorry about is that. the yeah. magic of live radio. Of you live can't radio. buy this. Yeah. Yep. Um, so thanks. I think we're, we are back online here. So sorry about that crazy interruption. That's um, quite all right. Uh, so the, the two-year-old races um, I'm looking forward to also Obviously, the Whitney test is always one of my favorite races. Um, some incredible fillies have come out of that. Um, and I think just like there being a good buzz. Uh, uh, sorry, Frank. Um, there just being a pretty good buzz um, of a really big day here. You've got a lot of people in town for the sales. Um, I'm also standing here looking at Don Little of Centennial Farms, who's got a big horse in today. I'm sure he's not disappointed about the uh, scratch of thunder snow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he just said, you know, holy crow. Um, and just really looking, um, you know, the Whitney today is an opportunity for a lot of horses to step up. You know, yeah. get, it, get some Saratoga black type. Yeah, which is a nice kind of black type to have. I'll tell you one thing I'm really looking forward to is the return of Kofefe today. That horse, she won the Miss Preakness on the uh, Black Eyed Susan undercard by eight lengths and just absolutely smashed the Pimlico track record for six furlongs. She did it 107 and three. The old record was 109. I mean, she was an absolute rocket ship that day. And she followed that up with an okay third place finish behind me and Mischief, who's pretty good. But I want to see if Kofefe can get back to that because that was one of the most impressive performances that I've seen this year. And so she's one that I'm looking forward to seeing.
Yes, absolutely masterful. And in fact, we were uh, going to try to get Jamie Roth of LNJ Foxwoods uh, here on the local TV show. Um, just what a great thing for racing they've been. I mean, if you follow Jamie on Twitter, she's incredibly enthusiastic. She obviously has a gift for naming horses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another good one the other day. One, uh, one up here early in the meeting. I can't remember what the name was, but it was pretty funny. Um, so she's really clever. And, uh, obviously she's got a really good one there. Yeah, no, it should, should be fun to watch. Well, Teresa, I know you're, you're multitasking. I know you're going in a lot of different directions. So I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you cut down to maybe five or six tasks by getting rid of this one. But, uh, thanks so much for spending some time on the Saturday morning with us and have a great Whitney day. Thank you. And, uh, sorry for the troubles. No, no troubles at all. It's like, hey, you actually showed up. Not all of our guests actually appear, so we appreciate the time. But uh, have a great day. That was Teresa Gennaro here on Off to the Races. Going to take a quick breath. Try that again. Take a quick break, and when we return, going to have Stephanie Nixon join us. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. We're coming right back. Hi, my name is Trevor Burton. You can listen to my daddy on the radio every day. Hardly working with Greg Burton from 4 to 6 on ESPN Richmond. Message and data rates may apply. Do you want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses right here in Richmond? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll be introduced to our three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Stan Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Richmond area who want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Richmond is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where we'll share how to get started making money flipping houses and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Seating is extremely limited, so text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Text in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. Just text your zip code to 82000. Join us for live year-round racing here at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races every Thursday through Saturday for the rest of 2019. Our next big evening of racing will be on Saturday, September 21st for the 11th annual Race for the Ribbon Card, headlined by the Grade 3 $300,000 Charlestown Oaks. And the best West Virginia breads will square off on West Virginia Breeders' Classics Night on Saturday, October 12th. Located just an hour and a half from both Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, come check out all of what West In high-traffic areas, professional painters need a paint that'll last. So do their clients, like PPG Timeless Paint, in five-gallon buckets from just $159. Now at the Home Depot, with fast one-coat coverage and the toughest, most wear-resistant finish to prevent future scuffs, stains, and you having to come back to fix them. Tough, high-quality PPG Timeless Paint, exclusively at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only see store for details. Today, business happens here, here, and virtually anywhere. Because today, innovative companies are reinventing the way business happens. And they need people who can keep up. With the expertise and technology to get packages to over 150 million delivery points. So, who can help you deliver the future of commerce? The United States Postal Service. See why we deliver more e-commerce packages to homes than anyone at usps.com future. Hey, this is Tugach. Join me weekdays, 10 to 1, on the Dan Levitard Show, now on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Welcome back, everybody. Off to the races radio. We're halfway home here. We're hitting the half-mile pole. Talking thoroughbred racing and breeding. Just had Teresa Gennaro live from Saratoga. Breaking the news, if you hadn't already heard, the thunder snow out of the Whitney. This earner of $16 bucks spiked a little temperature this morning. And out of an abundance of caution, they're going to scratch him from the Whitney. Turning our attention closer to home to Virginia. Going to be joined right at this moment by Virginia Racing Commissioner Stephanie Nixon. Stephanie, welcome to the program. Hi, how are y'all doing? We're doing great. How are you doing this morning? 
I'm fantastic. Can't wait for entries to come out. Today's the first day, so I'm very excited. That is exciting. Entries for the new Colonial Downs. Now, I got to tell you, the first thing this morning, I got a text from... I think it was Derby Bill, but I'd have to go back and check the header. But it was a picture of Stephanie Nixon and Nick Hahn interviewing you after, I believe, Bolton Out won the Punchline Stakes in 2013, which was the last year of the old Colonial Downs. I believe Bolton Out went three for three during that meet. Yes, he did. It was a special meet. Very special, special horse. What, uh, yeah, what do you remember about, about that? The, you, you, in the picture, you seem to be kind of shouting and waving at the crowd. Um, well, you know, Colonial has always kind of been like a, my family. I had a lot of uh, friends and family up on the top floor, and so um, we had quite a crew there that day. So uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. He, uh, I think he won five races down at Colonial, um, you know, in the two years he was there. So we had, he had quite a following at developing. <laughs> yeah, it was always fun. I mean, that was one of the fun things about Colonial is you'd get people like you would do with Bolton out, you know, they'd sort of point this horse to this meet, try to, you know, try to get as many starts safely, of course, but as many starts as you can into him during the brief time of the meet and then, you know, sort of take it from there. But it was always fun to watch horses like Bolton out who, who were, you know, being pointed to Colonial. Yes, yes. Well, they were um, some great owners, um, John and Ann Tucker um, owned them, and I'd known them for a while. So it was even even better to win it for folks like that who had been in the industry for a while and, you know, everybody wants that nice horse, and Bolt turned out to be a pretty nice horse for them. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, now, Stephanie, you have uh, kind of jumped over the fence, gone to the other side of the ledger here, and you are serving as a member of the Virginia Racing Commission now. Um, I guess the first question is that precludes you from participating in racing, you know, in other words, from training horses and whatnot. How's that going to feel when you see the horses come on the track and you're going, I can't do this anymore? Well, to tell you, I was down there the first day they opened for training and it, you know, it wasn't that many horses, but then I was out there the other day and I think they've got over 300 horses on the ground now and expecting in a bunch more this weekend. And it kind of got to me then, you know, they were working out of the gates and, you know, there's a lot more action. And so, um, you know, it, it's a change and change is sometimes good. Um, I had always thought about possibly getting on the division. I thought with my background, I could be a help to the industry. Um, I love this sport. Like there is no other better sport to me than horse racing. And I just hope, you know, that it's something that I can, help see continue you know down the road talking with stephanie nixon virginia racing commissioner here on off to the races and and stephanie talk about how, how did it come to be that you were named to the commission um so it's sort of a political position i had been thinking about it for a while um i'm not really into politics i didn't really think it would happen but um, I had been a part of the HPBA, representing the HPBA for years and part of the VTA for years. And anytime there was a meeting or something going on, um, I was always there representing. And I think people probably just got sick of seeing my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when the spot came up and, um, you know, the governor's office called me, I think October, November um, last year, they asked if, you know, I wanted to um, do this. And I said, absolutely. How do you, uh, so now that you're on the commission, how, how do you see the commission's role? What do you see the commission's role as being in in Virginia now and, and particularly in this new era of Virginia racing? Well, it's real exciting. Um, you know, we've got some great commissioners all most of the folks have owned horses in previously so they're pretty understanding of um not only what goes on on the back side per se but what it takes you know to make the front side uh, work as well so i think they're very very much behind seeing this be a success and and hopefully to continue and grow um for racing in the state of virginia 
What do you think? How, well, let's put it this way. How do you feel about the way you know we're coming up? As you said, entries coming out today. We've got um, first live racing on Thursday. How do you feel like all of this has been coming together so far? It's been great. Um, you know, the new people have been just wonderful to work with, um, and everybody's just a, they're doing things the right way. Um, the track looks great. The barns look great. Um, the front side for the betters, you know, they're, I was there, like I said, day before yesterday, and they were training the tellers, so they're trying to make it, you know, very nice and easy for the folks that are going to come and bet. Um, the dining, everything is just, is just great. And it's just, it's just enthusiasm. I mean, everyone's so excited. I, you know, I don't think we ever thought we would, one, see it back. And then two, back as well as, as it is, looks like it's coming out. Well, it certainly, uh, I mean, my sense has been it stands in kind of stark contrast to the way things were under the old colonial management. Yeah, it, you know, it was it was sad to see it go. It really kind of broke my heart when it, um, you know, it happened. But like I said earlier in our conversation, it uh, changed. You know, sometimes change is good, and so um, and I think that proves it with what we've got coming ahead of us. When when um, when it all kind of went off the rails back in. 2013, 2014, when when the Jacobs group was trying to get the horsemen to agree to like a six-day meet or a 12-day meet, and I mean, the whole thing sort of blew up after they'd had as many as 40 days. Um, what was your sense then that this might be the end for, you know, flat racing in Virginia? I did. Um, you know, it was hard. It was, a you know, everybody tried, worked very hard to keep it together um, because, you know, sometimes you're afraid that it might not come back. So it was not a decision that was done quickly. I, I, can't, I can't even tell you how many meetings I was a part of via phone calls, text, emails, you know, it was just like almost every day the last couple of years. And we just worked really, really hard to keep it together. And it just, it just couldn't happen. And, and, um, it was, it was, it was tough for a long time. And, you know, then we had to, you know, we looked for other spots to possibly have racing because we always wanted to have that in mind, but you know, it, it, it's hard. It was hard. Talking with Virginia Racing Commissioner Stephanie Nixon. And so fast forwarding to today. Now, obviously, one of the interesting questions, you know, the old colonial was uh, had a, you know, kind of its backbone in a sense was uh, Maryland people coming down and, and bringing horses, the Ham Smiths and Ferris Allens of the world. Um, with Maryland racing now pretty much a year-round endeavor and not taking off in the summer, that's not going to be the case this year. But what's also different is the purses are going to be much higher than they used to be, which in theory could attract a very different horse population than what used to be there. Um, what are What's your sense of what the horse population is going to look like? I mean, what kind of horses do you think you're going to be seeing at Colonial in the upcoming meet? Well, I think that's another one of the things I was really excited about when I was down there the other day. You know, I there every year um, that the track was opened and, um, you know, I grew up on Maryland racing myself and so I was very familiar with all the folks and so when I was down there the other day um, it was just a totally new group of people coming from all different directions um, I mean you know all different states and stuff and it um, it was exciting and again you know it's a change and I think um, we're going to have some really nice fields and some nice horses to look forward to um, so it's 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 just different, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> sometimes change is good. Like, sometimes it brings yeah. back your racetrack, which is not a bad thing. Um, exactly. Stephanie, you get your, you still get your hands on any horses? I mean, I know you can't train them, but, I mean, are you still working with horses? Oh, yeah. I have a farm up here in Ashland, Horseshoe Hill Farm, and um, we break anywhere from 40 to 60 horses a year. Um, uh, Phil Schoenthal trains for me in Maryland. I actually um, have one up there with him now. So um, don't worry. I'm 
<laughs> always have a horse. Trust me. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I just, I love it too much. It's just, just when you win a race, it's, oh my goodness, it's, I get excited just talking about it. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a $5,000 climber or, you know, a steak horse. It's just nice to, you know, have a horse win. It's just great. Now it, it always is a, a great feeling to have a horse win. How much has the um, the new Virginia Certified Program has that has that helped you guys get more uh, more horses to break? Tremendously. Um, so usually for me personally, this time of year was kind of my quiet time at the farm, and I was able to go down to Colonial and take a string. Um, but you know, I don't even I don't even know if I could do it now. I know it. Um, I have gotten probably. 10 or 15 new horses in that I may not have gotten, you know, um, and I've met new people coming down from Pennsylvania, some new clients and developed relationships with them. So, um, it's been great to be able to help, you know, the farms out here because there's a lot of farms that people probably don't even know about, um, that may not have made it unless they had this. You going to be out at Colonial on uh, opening night? I will be there not only opening night, but every single night is open. How about you? <laughs> I will be there. I will not be there every single night because I'm going to be coming down from Maryland, and it's a, as you know, getting the Colonial Downs is a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of a headache when you're coming from the Washington area, but I will be there opening night. So we'll make sure to say hi to you when we're out there. Last question. Any idea who the 2019 version of Bolton out might turn out to be this year? You know, I don't know who that'll be. Um, that's a good question. I don't know who the new Bolton out, but I'm sure there'll be, be something new and exciting um, that'll pop up, but that's a good question. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. We will let you go and enjoy the rest of your Saturday morning. Stephanie Nixon, thanks so much for joining us here on Off to the Races. Sure thing. Take care. All right, you too. That was Stephanie Nixon, Virginia Racing Commissioner, erstwhile trainer, and uh, happy to have Colonial Downs back in operation. We are up against our final break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, Derby Bill Nikon going to join us and do some handicapping. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. Don't go anywhere. Did you miss a special guest? Were you unable to tune in for your favorite show? Don't worry at all, my friend. Listen to our podcast whenever you want, wherever you want. By downloading the ESPN Richmond app or online at ESPNRichmond.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, sis. What you up to? Shopping for phone plans. Check out Walmart Family Mobile. They have two truly unlimited lines priced for under $75 a month powered by T-Mobile. Plus all the latest phones. Two lines for under $75? Now with five gigabytes of mobile hotspot per line. That's too good a value to pass up. Touche, sister. Visit MyFamilyMobile.com or pick up your plans at Walmart today. Walmart Family Mobile. Get everything you love about Walmart and mobile. Video Typically streams at DVD quality. See terms at MyFamilyMobile.com. Wager on all of Delaware Park's live thoroughbred racing action every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday through October 5th. Post time is 1.15 p.m. The nearly $3 million stake schedule is highlighted by the July 6th Grade 3 Delaware Oaks and our signature Phillies and Mares race, the Grade 2 Delaware Handicap on July 13. Visit DelawarePark.com for more information on live racing, promotions, and simulcast schedules, or call 1-800-41-SLOTS. Always free admission and parking at Delaware Park. Rain in the forecast? Waterproof your basement with Drylock Extreme Masonry Waterproofer. Guaranteed to stop water even under Cat 4 hurricane winds. Find a store near you at drylock.com. That's D-R-Y-L-O-K.com. Your radio home for Baltimore Orioles baseball all season. This is Brandon Hyde, and you're listening to 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. 
Welcome back, everybody. Going to be joined by a couple of gents who likely are themselves wasting away in Margaritaville here on Off to the Races Radio. Nick Hahn, live from Colonial Downs. What's it like out of Colonial today, Nick? Well, it's uh, still warm, but it's uh, they're working. They actually have the first horses out on the turf here, their signature asset. And uh, for the record, it's Lady Yates and Jump Ship that were the first two horses to see the turf this year, this year at Colonial Downs. And uh, a lot of reunions here. It's just kind of steadily uh, gaining population. You know, when these gates open up, it's like the opening of a new city. And uh, that's what you're seeing here. But, uh, yeah, talk to Richard Boucher, who was uh, one of the horses. I mean, that turf course is in great shape. And... Uh, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's finally uh, opening week here at Colonial Downs, and um, can't say uh, a lot of optimism. It looks like the weather's going to be great next weekend, too, which is a, a real blessing for, uh, for a tie that can get here at Colonial. Well, another guy that I know is excited about Colonial Downs reopening, but I think right at the moment is a guy saying, Toga, Toga, is Derby Bill. Am I right? Actually, I'm playing, saying Toga a little slow today because a tribute to the West Virginia Derby going on in Mountaineer, so i got to talk slow today. <laughs> All right, as long as you're going to tribute the West Virginia Derby out of Mountaineer, why don't you tell us what you think about it? Well, obviously, the favorite is number nine, Mr. Money, named after Frank Vespi, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, should be about uh, nine to be five. Mr. The big Poverty. story there is uh, Horatio Caramanis, Colonial Downs all-time leading jockey, is heading up there to ride a long shot chess chief. And I talked to him this week, and he said he's trying to pull the West Virginia, Virginia Daily Double Derby. When when the West Virginia and the Virginia Derby reunite, reunite the states like they were originally years ago. <laughs> What a beautiful thing that would be. Also in that race is uh, top-line growth for Kelly Rubley, who was uh, put up in the Iowa Derby last time out. That horse, like 8-1, to one, has Julian Pimentel up, right, Bill? Yeah, it's a nice large field, uh, 10, 10 going at 535, kind of in the back, back, back side of watching Saratoga, so they didn't put it on national TV, so you have to catch it on TVG. Uh, as the Whitney will be going on the same time, which is, uh, you know, kind of boneheaded, but I expect it from West Virginia. A lot of moonshine goes down out there. <laughs> Nick Hahn, what do you think about the big news that Thundersnow is out of the Whitney today? I hadn't heard that yet. I was, you know, listening to Derby Bill talk about West Virginia, I hope he doesn't go the route of the... Uh, UPA pet band with the with what they used to say about West Virginia, but the um, but yeah, I, I haven't heard that yet. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't a big fan of him here in this race anyway. I was going to look for some uh, a little bit better price uh, in the Whitney, but yeah, I talked to Frankie Douglas, who's uh, Caramonis's agent, and uh, he's he's got some words for you, Derby Bill, when uh, when uh, when you get off the air. <laughs> I feel like I'm eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation here. Derby Bill, you have any words for Frankie Douglas? Yeah, I heard he bought donuts for people down there today, knowing I wasn't going to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He yeah, in he fact, Karen Godsey was on uh, Facebook or Twitter or somewhere saying that uh, he was bringing by donuts for a win six years ago. Yeah, there's. Oh, he owes us a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, let's talk about the Whitney Stakes. Thunder Snow out. Thunder Snow was three to one. Was the second choice there, although the favorite uh, remains in. That's McKinsey, who's seven to five, comes in off a second place finish in the Met Mile. Bill, what, what are you uh, as you look at the Whitney today? What are you thinking? Uh, I'd like to go with Vino Rosa and the Mob from uh, you know. Upstate New York and the Mafia connected uh, Todd Pletcher, John Valenzuela, Johnny V. Vino Rosa has been good to me. He's coming off his first grade one win out at Santa Anita in the Gold Cup uh, where he beat, uh, what, Gift Box. 
Um, but the race was a lot less uh, of a step up than today when he goes against McKenzie and Bob Baffert. And I mean, they were, they could have won the Met Mile. Met Mile just had a horrible trip in that one, and he's definitely the class of the field. McKenzie's on, and without Thunder Stowe there to get in the way, uh, looks like uh, I'm single, singling uh, McKenzie over maybe even Preservist, uh, Jim Jerkins. A real lightly race for a six-year-old horse uh, coming off a 10-month rest, so that one's got some fresh legs. And Yashadi, which uh, gives you one of the Ortiz brothers, which if you get the Ortiz brothers at Saratoga, there's like 40 wins between the brothers. Uh, They just dominate uh, Saratoga. So uh, 10 to 1 on Yashadi's a little bit high, so I might throw him in the exotics. But McKenzie's race to win or lose. Nick, what do you think? Do you agree with that? You know, I, I, you look at this division, and it just seems like they're kind of taking turns winning. And uh, I, I, McKenzie certainly is a worthy favorite. I kind of like Dino Russell here. Uh, this is a even though you know did with with the big win out at uh, Santa Anita in the Gold Cup, just kind of seems like it might be his turn to win again. The big step up. From uh, from the way he was racing last year, Yoshida, I think, is a dangerous horse here. I agree with Bill here. No, the ten to one is is, is nice is a nice price for that horse. Uh, to me, that horse should be more like six to one or something like that. Preservationist, of course, a gigantic effort out in the suburban uh, over Catholic Boy. When you beat Catholic Boy, you know that's saying something. But um, just kind of have a, a, an inkling here that it might be. Uh, a, Dino Rosso's turn to to win on the East Coast this time. I know he didn't. It doesn't. Not a big fan of Saratoga. Hadn't uh, in two high level races. Didn't perform all that great. But um, but I think I, I kind of like him here today under the circumstances. One horse there's been a lot of chatter about in this race, at least in, in social media, is Imperative. Imperative is a nine-year-old gelding for Lou Tracing, trained by Anthony Quartarolo. This is a horse that's earned over $3 bucks, although with just seven wins. Uh, but two of those came in the Charlestown Classic with a million-dollar purse, so that certainly helps you uh, get partway to... Uh, $3 million, but uh, anybody have any interest in uh, Imperative? Looks to be not good enough here, but any, the the uh, Luch has said that they're going to retire this horse if he if he shows he doesn't belong. Is he going to be retired after this race, Bill? Hey, it's his 50th race. What do you think? 50 is <laughs> enough. Jeez, retire the horse. 30 to 1 morning line should be about 90 to 1. I have no chance of winning here, but if you earn $3.2 million bucks for your owners, it's time to hit the pasture and uh, go breed. You agree, Nick? Well, since he's a gelding, I'm not sure he wants to breed. He won't but, be doing any breeding. But, uh, but forgot about that. It's been a long time. Ran in the Charlestown Classic and won that race. Uh, so, yeah, I... I, I I, I, I'm not as high on an imperative, but he did have like a, a, a great racing career, though. So probably, theoretically anyway, the last race for Imperative. Let's spin back a race to the grade one test. Three-year-old Phillies going uh, seven-eighths of a mile on the main track. And Nick, the, the favorite here is Bellafina, who won the Santa Anita Oaks. But to me, the horse I really want to see, and I had talked with Teresa Gennaro earlier in the hour about this, is Kofefe, the three horse. Yeah, I mean, Seth had impressive uh, track record in the Preakness Stakes. Uh, you know, Serengeti Empress, when she won the Kentucky Oaks, was 13 to 1. Can we get that again? Uh, doesn't look like it, 7 to 2 in the morning line. But a uh, very balanced field here. Uh, between uh, Serengeti Empress, Delafina, Kofefi, and, and Royal Charlotte. It would be interesting to see if Kofefi can sort of run back to that gigantic effort um, at Pimlico over Preakness weekend. You knew that she was going to have to take a little bit of a setback. You just don't. <laughs> you expected a little bit of a setback in the, in the next start at, at Churchill Downs. But uh, I agree. That's This is a, a nice a seven-horse field. 
but uh, I mean, this, this is as competitive as seven horse fields can get. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting group. Should be a fun race. Bill, what's your take on the uh, on the test? No, oh, this race is more loaded than Derbyville on the third floor of Colonial Downs. <laughs> There's four top four top horses here that can win this race. Uh, Bellafina, obviously, Colleen Sham, Northern Virginia resident, and uh, you remember him from Baron days. And uh, this horse, uh, the son of Virginia bred Quality Road, is the favorite here, and he looks to you know roll past uh, Kentucky Oaks winner, uh, the big upset, thirteen to one there, Sargentina Empress, and I think he does it. Bellafina is the class of this field, but. The top four, you know, Chad Brown has Royals Charlotte in here, and uh, there's Kofea, like you said, is the Miss Preakness winner, which we always like the Miss Preakness. I always put that in a superfecta if I'm at the Pimlico. So nice superfecta there, the top four horses, but a really loaded field for Bellapina here. Should be the best race at Saratoga today. Yeah, that's a terrific race. What do you think about the, uh, the – there's another – graded race on the card the grade three troy five and a half on the green stuff what do you think about that bill yeah that one got destroyed by a world of trouble scratched the favorite the three to five chalk in that race got destroyed as far as uh you know as far as gambling on it 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 enhances the race for us because three to five i was going to toss the race and just watch it and without world of trouble disco partner presentation just uh very good uh, secondary field behind him. I thought it was a one-horse race, and now it's like a four-horse race. So with the world of trouble out, it's wide open there. Frank. And Nick, you, what's your take on the uh, on the try? Well, certainly Disco Partner and Pure Sensation benefit from the scratch of world of trouble. I'd like to reach back a little bit further here, too. Uh, this horse has uh, on the turf a little bit of pulpit breeding uh, back in in the book is wet your whistle. Michael Trombetta brings a horse that has won four in a row. I mean, I know only you know, one of them was a grade one up in, in Canada, but, uh, you know, eight to one, all of a sudden this horse looks a little bit better with World of Trouble out. You know, might, uh, might take advantage of, a, uh, you know, a little bit of a pace um, factor here, but uh, I like I like wet your whistle here if you, if you want to get surprised. Otherwise, uh, you know, probably put them with pure sensation uh, too. So uh, lots of um, lots of horses coming into this race with wins in their last starts. So, uh, yeah, the, the Trombetta horse, wet your whistle, is kind of an interesting player here. Uh, Alex Centron, who's been riding really, really well lately, has the mound again. They teamed up to win, as you said, the grade one in Canada. And there figures to be some pace in this spot. I mean, Pure Sensation is a real speedster, but so is Rocket Heat. And if those two go out with each other, they might be flying on the front end, which might be just exactly what wet your whistle wants to look for. We just got a couple minutes left. Nick, what's uh, what are you looking forward to when we come to uh, you know briefly when we get to Colonial Downs in a few days? Well, it's it's uh, first off, it, the weather looks like it's going to be great next weekend in the upper eighties, which is is great for Colonial Downs. The turf course is in good shape. But we uh, I saw a horse this morning working on the turf didn't have uh, shoes on the back legs. You know, I mean, that's basically like being able to play football barefooted or something like that. I mean, just that's just how great the condition is. Richard Boucher said he went around the turf and he couldn't see hoof prints from where he went around the first time, uh, you know, going around. So it's in great condition, but really it's just about, you know, seeing a lot of the people. Richard Boucher's daughter, Mel, worked with, with Jump Ship and Lady Yates. Uh, you know, they were on the first on the turf together. She hadn't even been born yet when Colonial Towns opened. And, and there are just so many great stories like that. You know, we, it, for personally, it's a great opportunity for me because we go to these Triple Crown races and you're fighting with interview, for interviews with dozens of people holding uh, recording devices and stuff. And here, it's just great to be able to stroll down the backstretch and talk to people one-on-one and talk about you know, the first era, and now they're back, you know, talking to the Dennehys with the Donuts like you were talking about. It's incredible how Derbyville finds these stories, you know, <laughs> before I do. Here, you know, 
But, All uh, right, yeah, Nick, we're going to have to jump in here and give Bill the last word. Bill, what are you looking forward to briefly? Uh, 14 on the turf going five. It doesn't get any more exciting or harder to handicap at Colonial, than Colonial Downs when they get 14 on the turf going short. Uh, the Saratoga Derby Sunday we forgot about uh, a little bit. That one might lead a couple horses to the Virginia Derby. And in your honor, Frank, the Hamiltonian winner, shocker, the Swandre the Giant. Uh, that all sounds good. All right, we are up against it. Next time we talk to you, Colonial Downs will be back. Thanks to Matt Josephs, to all our guests, to, of course, our listeners. Keep up with racing all week long on theracingbiz.com. Tune in next week, same bad time, to hear the independent voice from Mid-Atlantic Racing and Breeding. My name is Frank Vespi. This has been Off to the Races Radio.